Welcome to another inspiring message by Pastor Roy Evans with North Star Church. Open your Bibles this morning to Acts chapter 20. Acts chapter 20. As you know, I'm a big fan of people bringing their Bibles to church. Even if it's on your smartphone, if it's on your iPad, have the Word of God with you. But if you're like me and you've brought, you've brought your Bible, here at Acts chapter 20, I encourage you to write things in your Bible. And here's one of the things you, you need to write here in Acts chapter 20. That we are identified by our actions rather than our intentions. We are identified by our actions rather than our intentions. That's why men, please, I've heard this so many times. I've heard couples say this even about their mates and even about their children. While she should know I love her, Look how hard I work. I provide food and clothing, shelter for her and these kids. I don't need to tell her. She should know it. No, you need to tell her because you are identified by your actions rather than your intentions. I've heard people say, I don't love my kids. They ought to know I love them. Shame on you. You are identified by your actions, not your intentions. August the 21st, 1993, a good friend of mine by the name of Danny Johnston He's at gate D-30 in the Atlanta airport. There's two flights backed up because there's a flight from Atlanta to Biloxi, Mississippi that has been delayed. There's another flight going from Atlanta to Charlotte, North Carolina that my friend Danny is going to be on. But because one has been delayed and one is waiting for departure, the gate is crowded with people. There's people everywhere. And if you've ever been at the Atlanta airport, in any airport, you know the chair, sometimes you sit and you face people. Well, Danny's sitting in the airport at gate D30. Candy and I have been to that gate many, many times. And he's sitting there thinking about he was returning home from a speaking engagement. And he's sitting there, and right across in front of him is five men, five rather young men. And they're laughing, and Danny says, Roy, I, I could tell they all knew each other. And he says, I'm sitting there, and the Holy Spirit says to me, 
talk to them about Jesus and repentance. And Danny, just like all of us, Lord, this is the airport. Look how many people are here. And once again, the Holy Spirit says, talk to them about Jesus and repentance. So Danny says, guys, excuse me, you may think this is weird, but I want to talk to each one of you about Jesus and about repenting of your sins. And Danny said, it wasn't awkward. Very matter of fact, he says, it was well received. I get on my flight and I fly to Charlotte, North Carolina and I'm home, I'm unpacking my bags. I turn on the television in my bedroom while I'm unpacking my suitcase and all of a sudden there's a news flash that a plane that had left Atlanta, Georgia going to Biloxi, Mississippi had crashed and everyone on board perished. Those five men that the Holy Spirit said Talk to them about Jesus and the repentance of their sins. See, we are known by our actions rather than our intentions. I was praying the other day about our nation. I was praying about our community. I was praying about our church. Not just our church, but the church as a whole. And as I was praying, I was sitting in my den, and like you do, I, I reached over and I got the remote and I started turning the channels, and, and I was looking for a Western channel. Nothing was on. So I kept turning and I came to this channel that Candy really doesn't like, but I like because it's about wildlife. And I'm sitting there and all of a sudden this huge python snake grabs this little dog, starts wrapping himself around this little dog. And this little dog starts screaming for his very life and all of a sudden two guys run up and they have a stick and they start poking this, stake, this snake with a stick. They're poking the snake like we don't want to hurt the snake but the little dog is screaming. It's a death cry. One of the guys reaches down and he gently kind of takes the tails, the snake's tail and when he does the snake starts entangling him. So once again, they're just poking him with a stick, and I'm sitting there watching this. And all of a sudden, this guy comes running, flying up, pushes the other guy's back, and he's got a machete. And he stops chopping the snake in two. And as he's chopping this snake in two, 
the snake starts untangling himself and he turns and the snake raises up in his great big head and faces the guy and when he does the guy with one swipe shoo, cuts the head of the snake off and then this guy did something that was amazing the little dog is free and the little dog's trying to stand up and this guy with the machete drops the machete in the dirt and falls down on his knees and he gathers this little dog up in his arms and he starts stroking this little dog and tears is coming down his face and all of a sudden he turns and he tells the two guys who were poking the, the dog with a stick this is my dog we are identified by our actions not our intentions I went to bed that night and the Lord began to speak to me about what I just seen on television that Satan has come and entangled people He's entrapped people. And we have leadership today, Christian leadership that has a stick and they're just poking the snake. Almost like they don't want to hurt the snake. And what the Lord begins showing me is we have leadership that's teaching a message of mercy and grace. But mercy and grace is still leaving people entangled. But the Lord said to me, Will you love my people enough to be a shepherd that will take the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, and cut the head of the snake off? I'm just like anyone else. I want you to come to this church, this building. Those of you that are watching over the internet, I want to be known as a pastor that people really enjoy. I want to be known as a man that knows the Word of God, and I want to be known as a man that encourages people. But you know what? I love you enough no matter how uncomfortable it makes me feel to take the word of God the uncompromised word of God and cut the head of the snake off so that you can be un untangled from sin Paul is about to be taken into captivity And he's standing with people, isn't it amazing? He's standing in front of people that he absolutely loves with all of his heart. Acts chapter 20, verse 26. 
Paul says these words. Wherefore I take you to record this day. Other words, Paul was saying, hey, I'm about to tell you something and don't ever forget it. Remember this day and remember what I've told you. Has anyone ever told you something like that? Has anyone ever looked at you and said, what I'm about to tell you, don't ever forget? That's what Paul was doing here. Paul was saying, what I'm about to share with you, remember this day and don't ever let these words leave your memory. And this is what he said. Paul says, remember this, that I am pure from the blood of all men. And here's why. For I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. Paul said to those people, remember this. Don't ever forget this. Your blood, your, the eternity of your soul is not on my hands because I have refused to not share with you the uncompromised word of God. Go over to the 26th chapter of Acts. Paul has been taken captive. And he's standing in chains in front of a king called by the name of Agrippa. Well, there's another guy there, and his name is Festus. Some of you young, younger generation, you may not understand this, but this was not Festus Hagen off Gunsmoke. This is not the guy that cries out, Matthew. This was another guy named Festus. And this guy is saying, kill this guy. Kill him right now. King Agrippa says, okay, Paul, here's your chance. So Paul says, we are identified by our actions rather than our intentions. And all of you know that as a young boy, even up to now, I have been raised in the Jewish culture. And when I became a grown man, you know that my actions spoke louder than my intentions, and I was identified as basically a terrorist to believers of Jesus Christ. I imprisoned, I persecuted, I tortured. Matter of fact, I had some killed. But I had an encounter one day with Jesus. And when I had that encounter with Jesus, I had a personality change. Remember that. Remember what I just said. Paul said, my personality changed. I once was identified by my actions against Jesus. But when I had an encounter with Jesus, 
all of a sudden my actions was changed and I was identified through actions, not identity, of being a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then listen to what he says after that. Verse 19. Whereupon, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient unto the heavenly vision. Other words, what Jesus spoke to me, I have been obedient to do. But showed first unto them at Damascus and at Jerusalem and throughout all the coast of Judea and then to the Gentiles. Every one of you here this morning, if you have your Bible open to that, you need to underline the word Gentiles and out beside it, you need to write, praise the Lord. Because it's because of this man who had a personality change who came and preached the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ to Gentiles, which are us this morning, so that we can receive the gospel, the good news of Jesus. And then listen to what he said. I've been faithful to do this to all people. And here's the message. That they should repent. That they should repent and turn to God and do works meant for repentance. They should repent and turn to God and all of a sudden they should be identified by their actions rather than their intentions. I want to show you something that's absolutely amazing about that word repentance. Go to Matthew chapter 3. Did you know there was one that came before Jesus with the gospel? He was prophesied in the Old Testament. The old, the old prophets prophesied that there would, there would be one that would come crying in the wilderness. And his name was John the Baptist. You know, he's the cousin of Jesus. John the Baptist was my top man. He walked around with wearing goat hair or camel hair and he was a real hairy guy and ate wild locusts. You know, he wasn't one of those skinny-legged jeans guy. He was a man's man. And John the Baptist came and listen to what Matthew 3, 1 says. And in those days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, listen to what he was saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Turn over one chapter. Go 
in that same chapter of Matthew chapter 3, you'll find out where this guy, John the Baptist, Jesus came to him and he baptized Jesus. And when Jesus came up out of the water, remember there was a voice from heaven that says, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And then Jesus goes from his baptismal into the wilderness and he fasts for 40 days and 40 nights and Satan comes to him and tempts him. The temptation of the devil comes to Jesus. But then Jesus starts his ministry. But watch what Jesus preached from the very beginning of his ministry. Verse 17, Matthew chapter 4. From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Paul says, your blood is not upon my hands because I have taught the whole counsel, the uncompromised word of God. And he's standing in chains and he's looking at a man who has the power of life and death to take his life or to spare his life. And he says this, I have been faithful to teach that men must repent of their sins. Remember what I said he had a personality change? You know what repentance is? It means that all the old things in your life pass away and behold, everything becomes new. You have a whole different personality. That's what repentance does. But here's what I'm afraid has happened. Go with me to the book of 1 John. See, Paul said to Timothy, Timothy, in the last days, there's going to be men. They're going to gather large crowds of people. They're going to be politically correct. They're going to teach a, a message of mercy and grace. But when the message is over, people are still going to be leaving and going still entangled with sin but you know what God still has a few crying out in the, in the wilderness repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand Listen to what the word says here in 1 John chapter 5. Then this is the message that we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Wait a minute. Can I confess to you that I have been praying the last few weeks about 
my presentation to you and to other people about Jesus coming into your life because see you know what we are we're a generation that does not want to be confronted and if you confront me I won't come back and so what's happened we have pastors and Christian leaders who is not doing what the Word of God says they're not taking the Word of God and cutting the head of the snake off they're poking him with a stick because they do not want to confront people and people get upset and people leave and their crowds go down but the Word of God says that God is light and in God there is no darkness at all now don't get mad at me what I'm about to read because I want you to read it for yourself look at the very next scripture if we say that we have fellowship with him with God and we walk in darkness we lie and do not the truth if we say we have fellowship with God but yet we're still walking in darkness if we say we have fellowship with God but we're still trying to blend in and look and act and sound just like the world God says you're a liar How can we say we have fellowship with God, but yet we blend in with everybody at the casinos and nobody can tell us from anybody else? I know it's quiet, but that's good preaching. How can we cheat on our taxes And just blend in and say, oh yeah, I love God. This may upset you, but I love you enough to not poke the snake. I love you enough to take the word of God and cut his head off. I've questioned people that says, I love God, but I'll never, never tithe. How can we walk in darkness? How can we say we have fellowship with God, but yet our actions look just like the world? How can we say, I'm living with someone outside of marriage, but I love God with all my heart? You know what? It's time that we have pastors that love their congregation so much that they'll stand up and withstand the ridicule of saying, no, sweetheart, that's not right. You need to repent. You need to have a personality change 
all the old things need to pass away and everything becomes new. That is not right. How when we open our refrigerators and our, refriger our refrigerators is filled from top to bottom with liquor and we say, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. It's quiet. Some of you don't know this. This is very hard for me to stand here. You know why? Because I want people to like me too. But you know what? I love you enough. I'm going I'm to do this. See, Paul says, your blood's not going to be on my hands because I am teaching the uncompromised word of God. And I declare this to you sitting in this room and to all of you that are hearing to me over the internet today. Your blood and your eternity is not going to be on my hands this morning because I stand here and tell you that you cannot have fellowship with God and walk in darkness. You must repent. You don't know that, you know what? Maybe I shouldn't share this, but I am anyway. Did you know I've had letters of hate? I've, I've received emails of hate. I've had people get in my face and, and, and say, you shouldn't teach this so hard. And I've had people get mad at me and leave our church because I said living together, not being in marriage is not right in the eyes of God. Did you know that I've been threatened because I've stood up and said homosexuality is a sin? Oh, you don't love homosexuals. Can I say something to you? No, I do not love the sin of homosexuality. But I love the person enough to take the word of God and cut the head of the snake loose so that that person can be free in the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you for that. You know what's happened? We've sat back and we've taken the message of grace and mercy. And yes, thank God for grace. Thank God for mercy. But let me tell you where grace and mercy comes. It'll never come in your life if you've never repented. If you're not walking in fellowship with God, how can God shed his grace and mercy on you? If you're still allowing pornography to come pouring into your life, how can you say, I love God, but yet you're still walking in darkness? How can you allow filth and garbage to come into your life and into your homes through television and expect God to be gracious and merciful to you when yet you're saying, you know what, I just want a little bit of darkness. I just want to taste a little bit of the darkness. I'm going to tell you something that's shocking. Maybe you don't even know it. But see, Oklahoma is declared we're one of the Bible belts of America. Did you know that maybe some of you who your kids are in college or maybe you have kids that are about to go to college, did you know what you need to look at on college applications? And I've seen them. That's on applications to enter universities in the state of Oklahoma. You know what's there now? When it gets to gender, it says male, female, other. I'm going to tell you something. There is no other. There is no other. This word is not compromised. 
God created man and woman. There is no other. Hallelujah. Why do we try so desperately to look like the world when it's the world that's entangling us? See, so many times we forget that Jesus taught this, that the wages of sin is death. You know what we forgot? And I'm going to say this. I'm tired of tiptoeing around this issue, and so here I go. I've had, I've had people tell me, Pastor, you can't stand behind the pulpit and, and talk about politics, separation of government, state, churches. Thank God we have a president that stands up and saying abortion is wrong. Thank God for that. And here's something that, that I want you to think about. Have we lost so much fear of God? Have we been so indoctrinating and walking in the darkness of the world because we don't want to offend anybody? Because if we don't offend people, they won't come back to our church. You know what? I stand before you again today. You may be upset with me and you may say, oh, that guy's harsh. No, I'm speaking life to you and I'm telling you today, your eternity is no longer going to weigh on the hands of this pastor because you have the decision today, repent, change your personality. Have you ever imagined what it's going to be like and all of us are going to do it. There's not a one of you in this room that's going to be exempt from it. Either am I. Neither am I. And all of you watching. I don't care what denomination you are. I don't care what color your skin is. I don't care what social status you are in life. But every one of us are going to stand in front of our God. And can you imagine when you're standing in front of God and you hear the cries of murdered babies. It's time we stop poking the snake and we take the word of God and cut his stinking head off. I've got to hurry. But you've got to hear this scripture. You must hear this scripture. This scripture today is why you came to church. Your eternity weighs on this scripture you're about to hear. Thank God for godly leadership. But you know what? I've been hearing this scripture quoted a lot. It's 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. And this is what I've been hearing. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, then I'll heal their land. You know what that is? 
that's poking the snake with a stick. Did you hear what I just said? If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, then I'll heal their land. No, that's poking the snake with a stick. Let's read the rest of it. Let's read the rest of that scripture. Your eternity weighs on what you're about to hear. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray, comma, and seek my face, comma, and turn from their wicked ways, and turn from their wicked ways, repentance. Comma. Then, then, I will hear from heaven, I will forgive them their sins, and I will heal their land. Hallelujah. You can pray all you want to pray. But until you reach a place of repentance, saying, I'm tired of being entangled by sin. I'm tired of sin dominating my life. Thank you, Jesus, of what you did on the cross. Your blood has cleansed me my sins. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, I no longer will walk in darkness. I have had a personality change. All the old things in my life have passed away. Praise God, I'm a brand new creature. I don't say the things I used to say. I don't go the places I used to go. And I don't hang around the people I used to hang around with. Because my actions identify me, not my intentions. This morning... I close with this. Create in me, oh God, a clean heart. You know. You know. If your actions are identifying you as anything but a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. If we say we have fellowship with him, but yet we walk in darkness, we are a liar and the truth of God is not in us. You know what we start hearing then? Well, who are you to tell me what darkness is? Anytime you hear that, let me tell you what you're, you're hearing. You're hearing someone trying to justify their sin. Anytime you start hearing people say, well, I have the freedom to do this and I have the freedom to do that. No, sweetheart, you're trying to justify your sin. You don't need justification of sin. You need forgiveness of sin. You need the power of the Holy Spirit to untangle you. And you need God the Father to get you up in your arms, in His arms, and hold you and tell you you're my beloved I love you I care for you I do not want you entangled by the cares and the snares of the wicked one who will kill you 
but I have come. I've cut his head off, and I gather you up in my arms, and I say that where I am, there you shall be also. But if you say you have fellowship with me, but yet you walk in darkness, you are lying to yourself. This morning, what are you going to do? What are you going to do with what the Holy Spirit is speaking to you? Jesus said, Repent. Repent. Because today, the kingdom of God is at hand. What does that mean, Pastor? God's standing there today with arms wide open. But you know what? There is no fellowship with God without repentance of the heart. Thank you for joining us. For more information about North Star Church, please visit us at northstarprior.com. If you would like to give tithes or offerings toward any of our special projects, simply text North Star Prior, all one word, to 77977. Thank you so much for listening.